0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 7th of August, Wednesday. And summer's flying by. Kids back at school soon. Kyle, you got any kids in school? Not yet. Blessing and a curse. In any case, here in the studio is Jacob Myers, our beat writer. I'm Mike A-Race. And try to keep these gentlemen wrangled. To my left is uh, Kyle Robertson. And at the dials per usual is the podfather, Patrick Flaherty. Podfather too. Well, it's- That's contested. All right, let's get right to it, Jacob. We had a little bit of news yesterday. I think that you broke about uh, the transfer of central defender Gaston Saro to Deportivo Toluca in Liga MX, the top Mexican league. How'd that go down and what's the thinking behind it? Well, there were
1: like rumors for a while out of Mexico, but what I was hearing from people is the club hadn't been contacted yet, but I guess just until recently, uh, maybe they have been contacted and this happened. Essentially, he was going to be out of contract and they got a transfer fee. Spoke to Caleb Porter and players today, and, and Porter said it was an amicable breakup, I suppose, and something Sorrow wanted, so I think that the fact that the club got a transfer fee for a player that they're pretty deep at that position what was a good good thing for the club. Sad thing for fans that really liked him. Yes. Yeah,
0: yes. he had it rough. It was a good rough player. there for there He a really <laughs> good player. Lest we forget. Now, why was he prepared to move on, and why was the team not ready to extend him?
1: I don't know if it was... I think it was still questionable if they were going to extend him, but they like the depth that they have, and still pretty young at the position, yeah. minus Josh Williams. Abubakar Kato certainly looked better, so maybe that's an influence there, and then a lot Abubakar's got a lot of time. I just think he was an older player with injuries, and I don't know specifically why Maybe he wanted to move on, but they got something for him. So that's kind of why they decided to make the move.
0: As we sit here at just after 2:30 in the afternoon on Wednesday, about uh, an hour and a half before the deadline window, the transfer window closes. It certainly appears like, and uh, Tim Bespochent goes indicated that they might make a, a depth move before the window closes today. But otherwise, they're they're done. So you know something minor, they're done. I suspect they're done. And uh, keep in mind always that they can sign free agents until the roster freeze which is september 15th so it's not a total uh the roster isn't frozen yet
1: i thought it was august 30th i had looked it up today maybe at to a change with the different schedule this season
0: i think it's september 15th okay at least uh that's what the general manager indicated and he's probably right he probably has a grip on it well, he probably made up the <laughs> i mean he was he was integral to doing these league contracts i don't know about the But he knows the CBA better than anyone. um, And he knows about MLS contracts because his work prior to Toronto in the league office, that was his job. In any case, moving on, item the second, the crew after uh, all but killing their playoff hopes with a 1-13-1 stretcher, keeping their life support system plugged in and running with a four-game unbeaten streak, uh, two wins, two draws. It was 2-2 at Chicago July 17th. That's when this little run began. Then they won 2-1 against Montreal at home. 3-2 over the Red Bulls on the road in Harrison. That was a eye-opening victory. And the latest on Saturday night in San Jose, a 1-1 draw with the earthquake Saturday night. First, Kyle, you're th- I didn't think they were great Saturday yeah, night. They did alright.
2: They got unlucky on the on the PK. I mean, awful. Kind of turns his back, and it kind of hits
1: his. I don't think that's unlucky. You just got to do better. But
2: you turn. I mean, you're completely. I mean, you know it's coming. But I mean, it's not like he reached out. I mean, he completely turned. He raised his hands like one of those presidential uh, candidates. Yeah. So. But I thought the uh they came back in the in the second half and kinda of changed things up and I think the the goal was kind of uh sums up their whole entire uh season where you know Diaz goes down the flank and just throws a, a terrible cross into Zardes and then, then gets it right back and then puts it perfectly and he yeah. just scores. Yeah. So you know, and then Brew made the, the good save in the first it was the first half or second half off the header. He had the one backside. right
1: before they're both in the second half. Yeah, he had one second. right before the goal. Yeah. And then uh,
0: Wondolowski on the doorstep. Yeah. I thought they were the point was yeah. is, was uh, what you take out of it. San Jose, like Harrison, traditionally a very difficult place to play for anyone and the crew in particular. Jacob, your thoughts on the game?
1: I thought second half, obviously, they were a ton better. They looked really out of sorts there in the first half, and I think a lot of that probably had to do with Hector Jimenez going out uh, with an injury, which we got an update on today. was an MCL injury. They still don't know a timetable, but it doesn't sound season-ending, although I guess Caleb Porter didn't completely rule it out when when was asked. He just didn't know the time timetable so if they get him back that's great but they moved Abubakar Kato over there and then he gets hurt as well so all in all I mean they found a way to get out of that first half only down one goal when it easily could have been right. three maybe four and then they right. got one good moment and well, they Found had a couple
2: a chances in the first. I mean, I think uh, Arguda, Ar-Guda had Guda, a good yeah, shot. kind of went went a little left, and then Zardes had another, I think, another cross from Diaz that he kind of just didn't get around to on. That his was right it, though. Yeah. They hardly threatened in yeah. the first
0: half. Big possession advantage for for the San Jose's. And
2: passes, right? Didn't they? Didn't San Jose like outpass them by like two hundred or something? Passes. I'd have to
0: look again. That's a lot of outpassing yeah. there, Kyle. <laughs> two hundred.
1: I've read it somewhere. Second half yeah. was a lot more even though, and I I think you just saw yeah. a different team then,
0: Jacob. What else is up this week as you've been at training regarding? injuries and in lineup what can what can you foreshadow with the upcoming game against the FCs of Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, so Jimenez will for sure be out this week. Waylon Francis, who is still working back. He's been out for a while now. Um, he's working back. Maybe I would say he's questionable. Same with Abubakar Keda and then Josh Williams, I'd say they're also questionable. So, I mean, we're looking... But who's in the back line now? Maybe Pedro <laughs> Santos. Oh, you wow. know, I mean, yeah. that's one thing that I think they're probably going to have to consider given the depth at that position right now.
2: But he was a little too aggressive back there late in the game just look at the personnel though <laughs> yeah, i know but still i mean he was kind of diving in in the, in the last third and kind of giving san jose some chances there other
1: than that i think you have you know if you te-
2: watched the game i did you're looking at me no like, no no like, wasn't, I, mean, I
1: mean wasn't he a little reckless back there i thought i mean
0: i thought he made some good tackles personally and we'll we'll get to cincinnati in a second just a quick gloss of the standings philadelphia in first place with 42 points Atlanta thirty nine, Red Bulls thirty seventh, fourth place DC with thirty six. Little news today, Wayne Rooney will be departing, going back to England after this season to be a player a coach somewhere. Derby County. Derby County. Derby County. So fifth place NYCFC thirty five. I think he's from there. Yeah. Montreal thirty three. And seventh place last playoff slot. At present the New England Revolution with thirty three points below the line in eighth, Toronto thirty two. Orlando 29, Chicago 27, Columbus taking up next to last in 11th place with 25 points in FC Cincinnati with 17. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but they are here. for. Their a new coach said we're not making the playoffs yesterday. <laughs> the rivalry game, there is a rivalry game here. Have they played once or twice before, Kyle? Once, once right? Once in the I mean U.S. Guess. Open yeah. Cup last year, and Cincinnati winning there at Nippert yep. Stadium. This game, their first meeting, for the expansion, Cincinnati Club and uh, the oldest club in the league, the Crew, at Moffray Stadium at is it 7.30 on Saturday night or so? Seven, yeah, 730. 7.30. Saturday night. And, Jacob, you've done a little work leading up to this game. Should be fun, no?
1: I, yeah, absolutely. I think this will be the best atmosphere they've had since the opener. I mean, you're going to get a lot of visiting fans, which is always yeah. a fun thing for any sporting event. Yeah, I just think it's going to be a really fun atmosphere there. These two teams want to call it a rival already. I think it will take a little time, but certainly has the groundworks for what could be very good rivalry. Well, I think
2: crew fans kind of, you know, there hasn't been a rival. You know, in the early days you had, you know, those clashes with DC United, and then it kind of went to, you know, the Chicago Fire for their for a little bit. Trillium! You know, McBride, and yeah, and then you got the Trillium Cup, so you don't you didn't really have a rivalry, so I think the fans are going to be, a few fans that I have talked to this week,
1: they're, I think they're going to be pretty pumped up for it. And one thing I heard over and over is this just feels more organic than the what people have referred to more as, you know, more corporate rivalries like the Trillium Cup, and it's certainly closer than D.C. or Chicago, so I think from that factor, this has the groundwork to last a while.
2: You should find the, the Ohio Cup from the reds and indians and bring that down and there's already a little back and
0: forth <laughs> on the social media between and there has been for a year this Cincinnati fans generally speaking were happy that this crew was saved in part because of some of them as, as you've been writing were crew fans for a long time and others just would like to see the rivalry I think generally speaking that's Absolutely. the case but at the same time there was still a lot of there's a lot of shade thrown back and forth and it's kind of one-sided now that is as, uh, as poor as Columbus has been this season with that uh, wrecking ball of a 113 and one stretch the wrecking ball swinging in the wrong direction if you're a crew fan cincinnati has been worse already a coaching change and uh
1: a couple coaching changes
0: yeah yeah. wow their new
1: coach i I believe he'll be on the sidelines for this game he was in training this week how much of an imprint he already has we'll see but
0: 24 games they've played the cincinnati's 5 17 and 2 minus 32 on the differential and 17 points the crew is 25 games seven 14 and four minus 12 on the differential and uh, 25 points now the remaining schedule, gentlemen beginning with cincinnati they have uh, nine games left cincinnati and then toronto here then at new york city fc at cincinnati for the completion of the uh Hell is real rivalry. Then Chicago home, the two-week international break, and then at Atlanta on the 14th, I think the 13th of September, back from the break, at Vancouver, last home game, September 29th versus Philadelphia, and then the Trillium. At Toronto last day of the regular season. If they run the table, 27 points available, they'll get to 52. they, st- if, they still have that the table.
2: trophy?
1: There is a trophy Cup. associated oh,
0: with that? Trillium Cup, I think. Cup. I think there is. I've seen it, I think. That's horrendous. I think Trillium's the provincial flower of Ontario and also has some connection to ohio as well as i don't think it's the state flower but it might be but it's something like that and that's how this rivalry is maintained such a a soaring intrigue It's because everyone no one knows what trillium is you know well they know but it's like okay we kind of ran through the records a lot. well your predictions last week and uh, get him to forty-three, forty-four, which is probably not going to be enough that's a best case scenario you had a, a long interview with caleb porter jacob and we're going to air it but are they playing up the rivalry with cincinnati and then uh the trillium just to manufacture some uh...
1: have, have not gotten any uh Trillium, Trillium stuff. Man. Any answers or ask any questions about the Trillium? No, but I think generally players such as local players like Will Trapp has spoken about it. They definitely see this as a rivalry and something that can build the brands of not just Columbus, but Cincinnati as well. And But yeah, I think in general, they're more focused. They can't focus on anything but getting three points just because they, they, oh, they don't get any that. three points. There's the Trillium Cup. There
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, it is. See? Yeah, that's a thing, would I Would you describe it as handsome, Kyle? I think it's
2: larger than I thought. I thought it'd be a little smaller, but it's pretty. Do they give it out every year? I, are there flowers? Is, it? is there a flower on there? Uh, no, no flower. Well, it kind of—I don't know what it looks. What, do you, what would you call that? A bad? I don't even
0: know. Like this is triangle. not good for. Yeah, radio, I know. Kyle.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to describe. Established into the- <laughs> yeah. To answer your question, Mike, they're playing it up a little bit, yes.
0: Good, they should. They, they need something. You know, I wrote on Sunday, I want to bring it up, get your thoughts. I wrote a column about the status of the arena district site, which is soon to change hands, as, as I wrote, whether it be this week or within the next two weeks, maybe three. But it, it's going to get done this month and then on schedule for a groundbreaking probably in October. We may know more about that by the end of this week, given there seems to be some front office stirrings this week. As for the Moffray site, Bill Bush is kicking around and he was supposed to drop by, but we'll have him on soon. He'll have a story in tomorrow's paper, an update on the situation with the community park and Moffray Stadium training ground within in the context of the task force that is studying either how to improve or what to do with the fairgrounds over the next uh, 30 years. Task force, it's Expo 2050, I think is, is the name of it. And as for Obats, that's pretty simple. There's There's been some Strange stuff floating around out there, but the brass tacks of it is the crew is under lease to the end of the year and they've satisfied the terms of the lease, so they can't be evicted. Will there be a training facility
2: in the new stadium or at the new stadium? No. Or is that still? No, okay. no, it wouldn't be ready for next okay. year. Well, so, no, I know that, but I'm saying, like, in the new stadium that's coming, will there be. No. Okay. No, I still think they need to update. Although to we have a we haven't seen training. the
0: full site plans yet, right. and I suspect that uh, Nationwide had some say in how they wanted some of the. That's kind of one of the reasons it's dragged on. Uh, in, the, in the new stadium or at the Moffray site? No, the new stadium. Okay, because no, there
1: is there the right. training facility will be at the Moffray site. Right when they built right. okay. the training
0: facility in Community
1: Park, and then right. like the last phase being an indoor facility. Gotcha.
0: And if they've been negotiating the Haslam's. Sports Group has been negotiating with O'Bets, and if they can't come to an agreement on an extension as a training facility, well, then come uh, next year the crew is going to adjust. You know, it's not a brutal situation to be in. As someone told me, uh, hey, they they got Mafre Stadium. You know, they do most of their early training in the in the winter months on the road.
1: Right, and and I think you got it correct, Mike. It's these negotiations that were going on never seem to you know, get hostile or like Bobrovsky jackets-esque. I think it was more, as you had written, was something to do with the tax incentives and and whatnot. It was just kind of getting those fine details.
0: I think that uh, as I sift through all the work I did for that column, the interesting part is here you have Nationwide. This is the last parcel of land available in a site they've been developing over the course of just now 22 years or so. And this has been a big project for them. It's their baby, so to speak. And they're selling that last piece of land and Connecting it to, it's going to be connected to the river and 670 to the west and the north, and that'd be the final piece of that grand thing that's risen before our eyes over the last 20 years. At the same time, it's been <laughs> sitting there for a while though. At the same time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the same, but you know, they haven't sold it. No, <laughs> uh, and there's a reason. Yeah. At the same time, you have the crew at Haslam Sports Group, the new owners of the crew uh, with. The Edwards family and they're buying it and uh, so as much as Nationwide wants to have a say in tying the whole thing together in one aesthetic piece you know on the other side of the table you have the people who are buying and the price was long fixed they agreed on that a long time ago but they're saying well we're buying the land and we should have we have our own ideas, too. Yeah. So there's there's a natural friction there. Okay, we'll get into more of this, specifically about the Moffray site, with Bill Bush at some point. Yeah. So stay tuned.
2: Questions? We didn't do any questions because we have the Caleb Porter. Okay. But so. So we'll, well, we'll get
1: to questions yeah. for sure next week. Yeah. One quick clarification. The window closes at 1 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning I guess so tonight tomorrow morning Oh, really? Tomorrow. I thought
0: it was 4 o'clock today
1: yeah it's 1am that was the same with the primary transfer window but I just saw a tweet from Paul Tenorio that confirmed that also right. should mention Farewell. that Don Garber said at the Orlando weekend that he was really impressed with the stadium renderings or whatever he was presented from crew brass at the all-star weekend so I just thought that was worth throwing out there Yeah, Man. I understand how people
0: feel <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he's happy aren't you glad he's happy Kyle yeah yeah that's good well, we'll get to questions next week, and here is Jacob's interview with crew coach Caleb Porter.
1: So, sitting down with Coach Caleb Porter. Thanks for joining me. I remember before the game at Orlando or at Chicago when you said it's going to be really close and you've got to win a lot of games, but you thought you were going to get in, and you remained confident. These past four games, has your confidence just been that much more instilled because of the, the way the guys are playing?
3: I think in looking back when we were falling short, we were very close, you know, so I had a lot of evidence to lead me to believe that we were going to turn the corner. I think the disappointment was it took longer than I had anticipated and longer than any team I had ever been with. We never found that breakthrough early enough, and so that's why we went on these these run of games where we're right there, we're playing well, and then we don't score a goal, and then we give up a goal, and it just kept happening, the broken record. You know, so finally we got the breakthrough, I think, Chicago, and uh, I think it started really with our mentality going into Orlando, to be honest with you. We we made a shift just in terms of the way that we think, and, um, you know, we played really well in Orlando, and, and it was another game where we didn't win, but it was different how we felt, and I think what we talked about after the game was it's going to come this is finally because there were some games that we would lose 1-0 or by a goal where it it didn't didn't feel like we deserved it you know even though we had some good you know good play so I think that that Chicago game was gave us you know kind of the a little bit the breakthrough and then we've been riding the the wave a little bit and we've got confidence we've got momentum we're playing well I mean we just went Two good teams, really good teams, New York and San Jose, two of the best teams in the league. We just went into their home fields, and, you know, New York, we win, and San Jose, I mean, they were flying. And obviously that first half, we weathered a bit of a storm, maybe dodged a few bullets, but that's what happens when your psychology changes. Instead of giving up plays, you start making plays. You get a little of the bounce. You get a little bit of the rub of the green, the, the luck. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have right now. So we got to keep that. We got to keep that going. And yeah, we're real humble right now. We're not getting ahead of ourselves. We've got four good results. Um, but you know, we need to. We need to get a lot more points, obviously. But uh, I think it's funny when people start talking. All oh, you need this many wins or that many wins. No one knows. You can't look at percentages right now. You can't look at anything because the most important thing is winning the next game. You don't know how the other teams are going to do. There's a lot of teams going to play each other here at the end. And so it doesn't do us any good to kind of think about percentages or how many wins or start counting points or breaking down the table. We just got to win the next game. And it's a big one. This next one at home and then the following one at home, these are big ones. We need, we need six points.
1: You've gotten to look at a lot of different guys on this roster because of all the injuries this season. Just how has that maybe accelerated the growth of the type of roster that you want moving forward?
3: I think it's been massive for our building of the type of team that we want to be, the profile of guys, the mentality of, of how we go about things. You know, we've we've exhausted this roster in terms of giving guys minutes and finding out who can do it. Uh, obviously we've, we've moved some guys as well guys that we felt um, for whatever reason just weren't the right fit um, still good players but you know, obviously with every coach and every you know, different way of looking at things there are going to be guys that just don't really fit the way that we want to do things and, and so uh, with that there have been some casualties but more than that I've seen more positives of guys who can do it, lots of examples of guys who've stepped up who are totally going to be in the, in the mix for us, who are going to help us win games moving forward and become the team that we want to be, which is not a playoff team, but a team that's raising trophies. And we've gone through a lot of growth and learning, and we've suffered. <laughs> we've suffered this year, but also we've learned a lot. And don't count us out this year. We're going to keep fighting. But we've, more than anything, we've learned a lot. And I love that we're trending upwards. That's the key. You know, we're going to trend upwards towards this end. And uh, we'll see. It'll probably come down to the last couple games. and But no matter what, we're getting better. We're improving. And uh, there's a lot of things to be excited about and a lot of things to be optimistic about in this club's future. On the pitch, but also off with the stadium and the training ground and new ownership and, and all that four positive results leading into this one i just was
1: curious on your thoughts of the gravity of playing an in-state opponent for supporters and this club and maybe how it can influence the brand of this club in an exciting style that you you want people to come out to see
3: yeah i mean i think obviously you know when you have a rivalry in state and you have two cities that are proud and i experienced it with seattle and Portland. it's bigger than three points because you, you do, you have that little bit of bragging rights and you, you want to uh, make a statement for your city and gain respect for your city. And you want on that day for your supporters to puff their chest out and feel good about the city they live in and Columbus. And obviously when you win a game against another city, it feels good, but it's not going to feel as good as beating that in-state city. And so the rivalry will build. It's the first game in the MLS era. We have the Open Cup game last year, obviously, that I wasn't a part of, but some of the players were, um, that that is on guys' minds. But it's the first real game in MLS, and it'll build, and it'll grow, and the tensions, uh, and a little bit the stories, and... And all those things will grow as the games go on and on and on. So this is the first one, and we want to obviously make a statement in the first game, playing them, and put a marker down for our city. You've said it's all about looking at that next game, not the past two months. Why should supporters be
1: convinced that this is the type of team that they should come to expect not just the rest of this year but moving forward as well and did you also maybe understand where the supporters were coming from in terms of criticism of the team or or your own performance
3: i'm a professional coach so i know there's going to be criticism when you're not winning That's nothing new for me. I've been coaching for 19 years, so I expect it. You know, when you're in a good club and you're not winning games, I don't need to read anything. I don't read anything because I know what people are saying. They're not going to be happy. It's that simple. So that's experience, you know, and I also don't need to read it because it doesn't do me any good to know specifically what supporters are talking about because at the end of the day, my reality of what I think and what I know and in analyzing the game, my process if i don't know what's wrong and if i can't correct what's wrong and i shouldn't be in this job you know if i'm if i'm the right guy here i'm the world expert of the columbus crew and i should know more about our team our players what's right what's wrong and what needs to change than anybody in the world because I'm, there's no one closer to it than me in the world because i live it eat it breathe it, sleep it every single day. I watch the game way more than anybody else. I analyze the team and the players way more than anybody else. And so the opinions are opinions and they're, a lot of them are right. Some of them are wrong um, because obviously some of the opinions aren't coaches talking or it's not because they have rewatched the game. But that's a part of the entertainment. It's a part of the job and I have no problem with it whatsoever. And if you're losing, it's pretty simple. What are you going to be happy about? Now you can see positives. But when you lose as many games as we lost, I wasn't feeling great. I wasn't positive. I was seeing all the things they were seeing. So I think sometimes there's this maybe feeling that with supporters that they, you know, they care and we don't. And I don't agree with that. The players and coaches care. Believe it or not, this is our livelihoods. We care even more than they do, if that's possible, you know, because it's our job. And we w- we go to sleep, put our head on the pillow, thinking about it, we wake up the first thing thinking about it, and we spend twelve hours a day plus analyzing it and thinking about it so You can't care any more than us, you know. So maybe it's equal to supporters. And I think as we build it, we want our supporters to have high standards. We want them to want the team to win. We want them to also understand what's happening in the pitch, who's playing well, who's not playing well, Um, to have that educated eye a little bit of, okay, that was, you know what, that was a good performance, and we drew the game. Or that wasn't a good performance, and we won the game you know, that player didn't play well. That player played well. And I think as we evolve, those are things that fans should be understanding. And, and, you know, there's always going to be criticism with coaches and players always in Portland. There's no bigger market. There's no more pressure in that city. The fans know when a guy's not playing well, when a guy's playing well, they talk about it every week. They know when I've not done my job or or they know when I've done my job and we still lost, you know, and so I think those are things that You know, important to just kind of know the forest through the trees. It's not always black and white. We lost and it's been bad and the coaching's bad and the players are all bad. Sometimes you can have a really good game and it's football and you lose the game even though you played really well. Sometimes you play really poor and win the game. So for me, seeing those things and seeing the individual performances and who's done well and seeing when a coach has done his job but he still didn't win, I think those are things that, you know, I value and uh, understand. But You know, for me, I get the criticism. I don't, of course, it's part of the job. I know I take that on, and I've done this for 19 years. So uh, if you win, it's a wedding, and when you lose, it's a funeral.
1: Moving forward, nine games left, just what's it going to take individually every single day for this team to get where you believe they can be? I
3: mean, I think the big thing going back to the type of team that we want to be, I mean, you've seen flashes of being a team that's very effective and scoring goals and, you know, in different ways, you know, in different ways, not the same way all the time, not playing exactly the same way, but playing a brand where it's exciting, where we can do different things. But score goals and be tough. You know, my teams have always been tough. My teams have never been out. My teams have have always fought and always had a tough mentality and always found ways to win games. And that's what hurt the most, I think, when we weren't finding ways to lose games is that's just not normally the type of team that I have. And I'm really proud of the guys for evolving into, you know, a team that's resilient, a team that finds ways to get results, finds ways to win games. And I do think, although we've we lost a lot of games in that 14-game period, because I kind of broke it into segments. That first six games, we were 4-1-1, top of the league. And then that 14 games, that's really where the rough patch was. And I think it was 9-10 games by one goal, and 6-1-0. So how bad was it? The results were bad. But you could attribute, it, attribute that to a lot of different things, you know? And so... I don't like to talk about that, the excuses, but there are a lot of reasons, you know, and at the same time, no one cares about the reasons. We got to get the job done. And guess what? The last now five games, we're getting the job done. So if you take out the 14 and maybe we win three of the, you know, the games where we lost by one goal, the whole narrative's different. Now we're nine points. We're above higher. We're above the red line. So those are things that always led me to believe that we were a lot closer than people thought. And I always said, you know what, it's one of two things. Either we're really close to being a very good team, or, you know what, we're just a bad team. But I know, I knew we were really close to being a very good team. You could see it. We are right there. But we finally got the mentality shifted. I think we finally got plays being made. And, of course, with Pat and with Tim Bezbachenko and Neil McGinnis and these guys, the signings have made a massive, massive impact. And so, you know, is it because of the mentality? Is it because of the signings? I think it's a combination, you know, and, and for sure it's both of those things that have led to better results
1: appreciate you taking
0: the time out of your week thank you appreciate it
3: and well done jacob that's
0: it for this week's edition of the soccer speakeasy for at k rob photo and at jacob Underscore Myers underscore 25 and at the pod 2 um at Michael A Race One. Check out dispatch alerts on Twitter, dispatch.com. We will
2: both be at the game on Saturday.
0: I will be there as well. well there we go. So um, the hell becomes real. A- 18. Are, are either of you going to Cincinnati either?
1: Undecided as of yet. Uh, we don't think a couple weeks ahead anyway. You Kyle. are for sure? Yes.
0: Kyle will be there. And that's it. Now we're prattling and it's time yeah. to get out of here. You're going to say something else, Kyle? Hell is real. All right, Patrick, kick us out of here.